0: Hey guys, Trey here. Just wanted to let you guys know that you can actually check out the newest social media platform that we joined. It's called TikTok. We would absolutely love it if you went and gave us a follow or just checked it out, liked some of the videos and just kind of saw what's going on over there. We think you'll like them. We really do. Guys, I'm excited to bring you guys this interview with Jay McAvoy. He's a fantastic guy. Um, you're going to hear the fact that he is like smacking a glove. He's, he's actually breaking a glove in. Uh, throughout this interview and if you go and look at his social media you're actually going to see the results of what he did it's kind of cool but you're going to hear that throughout the podcast so don't think it's a glitch or any kind of audio defect it's just him uh, being him you know doing his thing and 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 staying true to the glove community this guy's awesome i i highly recommend you guys listen to this from beginning to end and i appreciate you guys for being here so without further ado here's our interview with jay mcavoy Welcome to the All Sports Best Podcast. Turn up the volume because it's time for your favorite sports show. Your one-stop shop for sports talk. Three, two, one... hello everybody and welcome to all sports best i'm trey gonzalez and i'm very excited to introduce this next guest we've actually had contact with him um off and on for the last year or so and uh we had him on the instagram live he's a great dude a fantastic instagram by the way guys you have to go and check it out it's at pickle the beast 417 his name's jay mcavoy guys um jay how are you doing today
1: I'm doing doing great, Trey. Another great day to be alive, buddy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Jay, I want to talk about like what you do as an Instagrammer, as a glove expert, as a person that has a, a few great causes that you get behind. Can you tell me just a little bit about yourself as far as like what your causes are?
1: Well, sure. Um, so the, I guess that there's a lot of them. Um, The primary charity. first of all, I apologize for my voice. Um, I'm getting over a cold. But um, the the main cause that I raise money for is the type 1 diabetes community, Um, being in, you know, uh, Tampa, Florida. I'm from Virginia, uh, but we do a type 1 diabetes sports camp at the University of South Florida with Sam Fold, formerly of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, He's in the the Phillies system now as their player information coordinator, uh, so we, we go down to Tampa. It's coming up actually in a couple of weeks. Uh, we put that, that camp on. So type 1 diabetic, type one diabetic, uh, you know, kids can show up and have a day of being outside, a weekend actually of being outside and uh, getting off the sideline and showing that uh, there's a lot of community there. Um, as far as Instagram goes, you know, the support of the T1D community has been amazing from baseball glove enthusiasts, from pro athletes, from Um, other T1D afflicted adults. And um, I also have a lot of causes for, actually for random people. You know, if you come across, um, I came across a a young man in Utah who was in a pretty terrible car accident and um, raised money through selling baseball gloves and took in donations uh, in order to pay for his medical bills. Um, He's doing a lot better. Uh, It was a really bad crash in June. uh, And he's been in and out of surgeries and a lot of hospitals visits and um, same thing for our, our man, Vince uh, glove trader, dad on Instagram, who is was battling wow. um, multiple myeloma, uh, which is a rare blood cancer. So, you know, raising, raising money for, you know, it's, it's not always going to be some sexy cause. It's going to be the, the, the regular Joes like you and I, that, that are overcome by life sometimes and things happen and I, they need to know that um, people are behind them and, you know, even the, the kindness of strangers, uh, it's important to, to do that as much as we can for as long as we're here.
0: Yeah. And I, and I really appreciate, I want to tell you that too. Uh, we, I do really appreciate all the things that you do because, you know, everybody says they want to do something good for the community. Everybody says they want to get out there and, and really get things done. And some people, you know, you just don't get around to it and things like that. You're actively doing things like that, to really make a change in people's lives. It's pretty awesome to see. And you're doing it through gloves. So, you know, I, I want to know a little bit more about what your glove expertise is. So can you tell me a little bit about, like, what glove is on your hand right now? And uh, then I got some more questions for you, actually, about some gloves.
1: Oh, sure. Uh, well, it's funny you bring that up because there is a glove on my hand. Um, it's the new uh, Wilson A2000 um Super Snake Skin SA-1275, which is the uh, also Lab limited edition glove that they just came out with. It just arrived today, so I'm beginning the break-in process. I really like the pattern uh, a lot, so I'm going to put this one through its paces in the coming days. Um, I, I would say that my curiosity turned into expertise when I was very young. Uh, I grew up with my twin brother and my my parents. My brother and I are adopted Uh, by a former nun and a former Catholic priest uh, Uh. in PG County, Maryland. And um, they adopted us when they were 43 years old. And, you know, they took that vow of poverty very seriously. So we grew up uh, pretty, you know, lower middle class. And, you know, there were some lean Christmases and there were some times where we would go wanting, but we always had each other. And, you know, when we started playing sports and we started, you know, I'm 37. I was collecting baseball cards in the late 80s and the early 90s. But I always wanted, you know, a really nice baseball glove. And because we couldn't have one, I kind of would just kind of dream through looking at these baseball cards. And the more I became fixated on them, the more I wanted to learn about them. And that kind of curiosity has persisted to this day. So, um, you know, going through high school and college, I would save up for the one that I wanted. And, you know, I worked at, hell, Chuck E. Cheese for two years and a fish store. And wow. my brother and I got fired when we were 12 for killing a hedgehog. That's oh, a really? For, that's a different story for another podcast. Sure. Right? But, um, you know, when I was 16, I was at Chuck E. Cheese for like two years. So, um, so it's funny, my, my wife and my daughter were just at a birthday party yesterday, on Saturday at Chuck E. Cheese. And she asked me if I wanted to go and relive that trauma. And I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. You can, you can take her. <laughs> it's pass. fine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just kind of, as I got older, the the love of baseball gloves never went away. And uh, I've always wanted to be, you know, smart on them and, and know as much as I can about different patterns and shape, sizes and colors. And, um, you know, since 2011, when we started being able to like fully customize gloves uh, retail, it's been, it's been really just a lot of fun. Uh, and then entering the social media space in 2014, there's just so many like-minded people that just love baseball gloves. So I'm just, a, you know, privileged uh, and honored to be a part of the social media community that, that loves baseball gloves. And I'm, I'm just as honored uh, to be somebody that people kind of come to for questions on different patterns and, and things like that. So, I mean, I have a, a lot of them and uh, it's always been trying to been geared towards education so I can, you know, help um, educate other people on, on what they want to buy And then um, I get smart on it as well. So it's mutually beneficial.
0: Yeah. And it's really cool because I guess as I think about what a baseball glove is, it's probably one of the most unique sporting pieces or or gear pieces that you can get in sports. You know, it's made out of leather. It's beautifully crafted, sometimes done by hand. And, uh, you know, it's just not something you get in any other sport. So you really picked a, a beautiful piece of gear, I guess you could say.
1: Well, thanks. Yeah, I, I think that, that gloves are very special. I think that um, they all tell very unique stories, and I think that I can carry some of that to uh, to use a baseball glove to tell uh, even more transcendent stories outside of just the game itself and what you would use it for. So I use baseball gloves as a vehicle for acts of kindness, and um, I give a lot of them away in exchange for acts of kindness in order to um, kind of promote the, the ripple effect and, and paying it forward um, I've worked very hard in my life, my wife and I included, you know, we I've known her, we've been together since 2001 and she's known about this obsession since she met me. And, um, it, again, it persists to this day and it's not going to, it's not stopping. So she knows what, what I use baseball gloves for and, um, and knows exactly what I want to get out of my life using them. So, um, it's really great having her in my corner for, for this.
0: I know this is a really tough question, but what is the bet you could only have one glove for the rest of your life. All the rest all the rest don't exist anymore. Which glove uh, do you choose?
1: I that is an incredibly difficult question. (laughs) And Um, if you
0: don't choose, you don't get any gloves. Wow, what about that?
1: that, Oh that's that's (laughs) what a double edged sword that is. Um so my, my current gamer is I mean, I can tell you exactly which glove it is, and it's um, it's a Wilson A2K 1799, um, and it's not just because I'm a big fan of the pattern, but um, it's a it's a custom in uh coal, uh walnut and vintage tan. Okay. And I got it in February about three years ago, and it was uh it was actually given to me. About 20 members of our Instagram glove community got together to say thank you for my charitable efforts and acts of kindness towards others. And they all pitched in and they designed that for me. Uh, well, actually I designed it. They tricked me into designing it. And, um, and, and they, they purchased that for me and I, I gained that glove this day. So I would, I would say that that one is the first one that comes to mind. If I could only keep one.
0: Okay. Very good answer. And that's really cool. I I don't, I'm curious as to how they tricked you. They're just like, Hey, can you design this glove? We want it
1: yeah no um a member of the community um her name is jen and uh another member named sam Uh, you know sam came up with the idea and jen kind of messaged me and she she uh kind of solicited everyone's um custom ideas specifically uh targeting me but i didn't i don't really post that stuff online so she was trying to goad me into creating a design And I was like, no, I don't, it's not, I don't do that. It's not a big deal. I I don't talk about gloves that I want. I talk about gloves that I have and uh, educate people on that. And she's like, ah, come on. And I'm like, all right, fine. Uh, I put it out there. And then a couple (laughs) months later, this uh, glove shows up. I cried when it showed up. They, they forced me into an Instagram live uh, stream to open up the box. Oh wow. Uh, Chad from um, softball fans out of Kalamazoo, Michigan sent me the box and, um, with a note on it that said you have to open this during a live stream and I was like all right whatever and um, obviously I knew it was a glove but I didn't know what it was and I was definitely you know overcome um, with gratitude and and happiness when when I saw that it was crazy to uh, it was crazy that people were kind enough to pull that off and thought enough of me to do that so it really means a lot
0: yeah what a what a gift that's pretty awesome
1: yeah yeah I, I broke it in right away and Uh, it's been, uh, my go-to baseball glove for games since, since that day. So, uh, it's a constant reminder for me about being kind and, um, you know, you don't necessarily, I don't need anything from it physically, you know, but, um, it just means a lot to, to wear that glove and, and to use it, um, at, you know, just to pay homage to, to the people that, you know, put their hard earned money and faith into me. So it just means a ton.
0: Um, all right. So I've got to hear your opinion on this do you think that Derek Jeter got snubbed for a unanimous selection to, um, to the hall of fame or do you believe that he wouldn't, he doesn't deserve to be in that category as a whole?
1: Well, so first of all, that's a tough question. Um, first off, I think that Tony Tarasco got snubbed in 1996 when Jeffrey Mayer reached over the rail, uh, on a ball that Derek Jeter hit in that divisional series. So, I'm still reeling from that. Um, <laughs> how many years ago <laughs> was that? 20, a million years ago. I'm yeah. still thinking about. I'm still thinking about that. Um, I, I don't necessarily have a problem um, with uh, Mr. Jeter being at 99.7. I know that people are looking at precedent from uh, Mariano Rivera being unanimous, who really revolutionized the position as a one-in closer, and I think right. that. Uh, the right amount of respect needs to be paid to a a man similar to, you know, a guy like Trevor Hoffman who existed in that era of one inning saves and just dominated it Um, as a hardcore, you know, Ken Griffey jr. Fan um, when he wasn't voted in unanimously, I was a little bit disappointed. Sure. But then if you go back, I mean, just historically, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Jackie Robinson were not unanimous and you consider the impact that Jackie had on the game. Um, and still wasn't voted in unanimously and and thinking about it he only as a first ballot hall of famer uh, he only hit 77 percent of the vote in 1962 wow. so you know it wasn't it was close I mean to, to to think that you know Jackie Robinson would have had to wait a year um, you know in order to get into the hall of fame would have been ludicrous so you know guys like him obviously I, I grew up as an, an Orioles fan so you know uh, Brooks Robinson in 1983 wasn't unanimous either bob gibson wasn't unanimous so it's pretty high but you know um i think that there's a lot of sacredness for unanimous and uh i think that the you know social media makes that voice uh, a lot louder in terms of people's disapproval of him not being at 100 percent so yeah i personally i personally uh, don't have a huge have a huge issue with it i think that he had a distinguished career a great career uh is an icon to the sport and uh and he's going in um you know, when he should off the first ballot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? A lot of people didn't even make it to the dream that he made it to. So I don't think he's upset about it. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I,
1: I totally yeah. I totally agree. And and to, to reach the pinnacle of achievement there, to make it to the Hall of Fame, I, I think that, you know, history will look at that in terms of, you know, it's the second highest vote, you know, ever. So it's it's okay to be number two when everybody is going to the same place in Cooperstown.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Highly respected, uh, a great player. But uh, my next question actually has to do with the same kind of uh, subject. If somebody had to be, if only one person could be unanimous before Mariano, who do you think uh, deserves it the most of everybody in history?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right back to Jackie Robinson. Okay, I I I think I mean modern day. I think that you're looking easily at uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Because that was, you know, a, something that took place, and and people were saying that he deserved it. Um, the public outcry was was very real. Um, but if you look at the at the history books, I I believe that Jackie Robinson, when you consider what he did for the sport, not just breaking the color barrier, but also what he did on the field, um, was you know also heroic. And I think for him to go in in the 60s when he did at you know less than you know 90 percent, um, you know, it's a different time for sure, but um, if I could rewrite history, I'd have him go in at a hundred.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. And there's people that just are like totally against it, Right. Cause it's all writers and, and, and publicists that have the vote. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. That's a, that's a sacred position. I, I think that, you know, when, in terms of like the public versus private ballot, um, I think that everybody's should be public and it's such an honor and a privilege to be able to, you know, control these men's destinies and their fates. Uh, I think that they should at least come out and show their work and provide uh, their justification for why they did or didn't vote for certain people. I mean, um, we there shouldn't be any guesswork as to why uh, these people, you know, did or didn't make um, that crowning achievement in their careers. It shouldn't come down to um, one person that holds a grudge because they snubbed them for an interview or something like that. So, right. uh, and, and people have those biases and they're, they're very real and, um I would just hope that people can kind of articulate and justify what they they believe in terms of evaluating their career um years later.
0: yeah, I, you snub me, I snub you kind of deal I, I didn't yeah, I just know that there's a lot of people that want to know who that guy is or girl is and um I, I think we kind of deserve to know I don't think that it's as crazy as some people are saying you know that person should be fired and you know never. Yeah. I think that that's a little extreme, but I do think, yeah, we we, we should have the right to know who.
1: Uh, Yeah, and some people were leaving, you know, blank ballots, too. And a couple years ago, when a lot of the uh, players from the steroid era were really on the ballot and people were just leaving blank um, ballots out there. And I think that that's that's unfair as well, because, you know, taking a stand um, by leaving a blank ballot doesn't help anyone. And then those people should be removed because, you know, that's just not, in, in my opinion, taking it seriously enough. I mean, it's, right. it's really to, to reach that level in terms of journalism, to reach that as a writer um, in the baseball industry is a, is an incredible, incredible privilege. So um, I think that people should take it just as seriously and, and understand exactly what's at stake. So um, I'm definitely for those ballots being public, uh, not like the public haranguing that I know that people would get. Those that <laughs> yeah, they probably would for Griffey and the the one person that didn't vote for Jeter. But, and I think that that's very real. There's certain levels of protection to be given to those people that don't, but you know, if you're going to be the one person that's anti Jeter for the hall of fame, I think that you should have to tell people why, you know? Yeah.
0: Do do your job and write an article on it (laughs) and tell us
1: why. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I think that just coming out and saying, these are the reasons why I think that obviously there's, there's backlash either way, but uh, if you can provide a cogent argument and, and, and provide your calculation as to why that person doesn't deserve to be on your ballot um, of 10 names, then um, OK, that's that's just how you have to sleep at night. So. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Jay, um, like we talked about at the very beginning, about close to the intro, talked about the fact that Kobe had um, gone down in a helicopter cla- crash, unfortunately, with his daughter and a few other people in the uh, in the helicopter with them. I was wondering it kind of got me to thinking about baseball and who would have the Kobe effect in the MLB had something not, you know, not to wish anything bad on anybody by any means, but if somebody were to uh, pass unexpectedly, who would you say um, would be able to really do what, what Kobe's death did to the world of sports?
1: Not, so that's a, that's a very tough question. I think that obviously the, the icons um, come to mind immediately when you think of, uh, you know, impact guys like my Trout and the things that they do for the game, to be perfectly honest with you, anybody who has reached that superstar echelon is probably going to get that outpouring of support of somebody who is, you know, taken from this world far too soon. You know, I think that, you know you the young bucks out there the the bellingers the lindors the biases of the world um you know the Yeliches, and anybody who is in that that stratosphere of of superstar is gonna i think reach that um level of of you know sadness um you know i i think that back in the day you think back to you know i i model a lot of my life on on the life of roberto clemente and yeah talking about people that, you know, what he's remembered for is a number of things. One, 3,000 hits, uh, you know, 12 gold gloves, 15 all-star games, um, a life taken far too soon, and also his humanitarian work, uh, which ultimately led to his untimely death in 1972. Mm. Um, I think about, you know, guys like Thurman Munson, who also died in a plane crash in 1979. Um, Unfortunate uh, people like Daryl Kyle, like, You know, Nick Aidenhart, like Tyler Skaggs, I think that Mm. um, the baseball community is very tight knit. And even though the majority of people hadn't heard of a guy like Nick Aidenhart, it's just, you know, that same feeling that resonates of this shouldn't happen. You know, and I think that um, that same feeling persists with with Kobe is like, that's not how this story should end. Right. So I think I think that, you know, the the prevailing sentiment is, um, you know, it would be it should be anybody in major league baseball it should be anybody period but for those that are publicly you know playing a professional sport i think that for baseball it you know it's such a close-knit community it it, it would be anybody uh that honestly passes away and um it would be even more so nationally for um you know somebody who's kind of transcended regions like a you know like a cheater or at the time an a-rod or um guys like that so i guess that's a kind of a A cop-out answer I saying that it could you know (laughs) anybody but um, but obviously your tier one guys like a Mike Trout would would really cause um, a lot of sadness uh, nationwide because you know it's just a career left unfinished and it's just unfortunate um, to to see that happen in front of your eyes
0: yeah absolutely all right Jay we're gonna move into the random questions section that we're just gonna kind of get going and uh, I told you about this before we started the interview but just Try, trying to kind of get a new section going here in these podcasts and one of the things that is is very relevant coming up very soon is the Super Bowl. So, I want to know kind of what the atmosphere, can you describe like if I were to close my eyes and walk into your place of celebration or or viewing of the Super Bowl, what would I see, what would what would I do?
1: Um, well, it would be probably the most boring um scene that you've ever seen wow because (laughs) well i mean you know i haven't had a you know the last time that i had a super bowl party uh the giants beat the patriots on um you know the david tyree catch okay that was in our i guess our townhouse years and years ago um you know before kids right so i have a five and a half year old and a one and a half year old so if they're asleep upstairs i'm not you know I guess i could get a babysitter and go somewhere but then i'd be walking into somebody else's house but you know i my wife and i will watch it together and she'll probably fall asleep early and um you know she likes football and, and, and college basketball and baseball but you know you know, gotta get up for work the next day so um yeah it's actually a pretty boring very domesticated scene uh during the super bowl at, at my house i'm sorry to, to disappoint you there but uh <laughs> It's really, I mean, if anybody showed up, I'd be like, what the heck are you doing here? So, (laughs) you know, it's, you got me um, sad, Jay. No, look, this is, you know, this is life. This is, uh, I'm not some party animal and I don't need to, you know, go out and, and, you know, binge drink watching the 49ers. That doesn't, uh, doesn't really entice me the way that it used to. Um, but you know, I'm very happy with the life that I have and being at home with my family. So uh, maybe if one person wants to come by with a six pack, that's totally fine. Or two people, it's that's cool. We'll watch it here in the basement so we're not too loud. But, I mean, the wrath that I would incur for waking up one of my children would be quite heavy and would <laughs> weigh on me forever. So I, I don't know if I should risk doing that, especially on a Sunday. Sure.
0: All right. <laughs> so uh, this past weekend, I went and had the famous Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich for the first time. Um, so my question to you after, uh, being able to try that is Popeye's or Chick-fil-A for you.
1: Um, so I've had the Popeye's original, the the original, not the spicy one. Um, and what I liked about that sandwich was I liked the sauce that was on it. And, um, I liked the, the thickness of the pickles that they put on it. So, for kind of a bit of a novelty, I, I give the nod to the Popeye sandwich, but in terms of the consistency that I like, yeah, I just like the Chick Fil A original chicken sandwich with extra pickles. So um, I think, you know, for for one-time experience, I really like the Popeye sandwich. But you know, if, if I need a, if I really want a, a good chicken sandwich, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to go to Chick Fil A. All
0: right, cool, absolutely. All right, Jay, um, if you were to be a superhero on the baseball field and you could choose any superhero you could be to to help you to be just a better player or superhuman altogether, who would it be?
1: If I could choose a like a super power or a superhero.
0: Yeah, so you you could become a superhero on the field. Oh. So for example, like say uh you became the Spider-Man of baseball because you could, uh, you know, catch anything within pretty much any range, and uh, had senses towards what what pitches were coming, <clears throat> Astros, and so like anything other than that.
1: Well, I, I that's, I mean, it's got to be Superman, right? I mean, because the ability to fly, right? He's got super strength, so any ball that you hit is going to be juiced, and you're going to hit it out of this planet. Sure. Um, so he'd be able, with his speed, would definitely be able to um, get to any ball as well as leg out any ball that you hit on the ground. So I think that, like all things considered, I'd would, I would have to go with Superman, right? I mean, I mean yeah, nothing I mean, against Spider, nothing against nothing against Spider Man. I mean, he has he's incredibly athletic, and the acrobatic catches that he would make would be insane. But I'd rather just casually fly up to steal a home run rather than do something more difficult. (laughs) So, you know, I, I probably, and and he's, he's jacked. So, you know, he, he definitely hit the ball a million feet. So I, I think that I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with Superman. All right.
0: Spider-Man can be your lead off. What if other
1: people said, has anybody Uh, said, you,
0: you are as as a matter of fact. No, no, God, no. no. I think
1: everybody, I think everybody's going to say Superman. I I don't know. Anybody is going to be like Thor, right? Because, you know some of those powers are encompassed by what superman can do in terms of strength sure that's fair uh, you want to be a five you want to be a five tool superhero you want to be a five tool superhero baseball player so go with superman
0: have you ever seen captain so, marvel
1: i haven't Oh, okay. do i need to Yeah, need you got to check
0: it out you got to check it out but yeah that she basically is superman
1: well, um, I, I will bestow those powers upon my daughter so she can be the first uh, female in the in the major leagues then exactly I'll give, I'll give I'll give her all of those superpowers and she can break all kinds of barriers that way.
0: The MLB is to have umpires wear mics during the 2020 season. What do you think about that?
1: I think it's fine. I actually really enjoy a lot of the the the, the candidness that we get. That a lot of the mics pick up. I think that uh, well, it's usually negative, but a lot of stuff like when you know Terry Collins came out and was screaming at you know one umpire and um and people are trying to figure out what he meant by saying you've got our ass in the jackpot and (laughs) i think that i think that those sorts of conversations which would normally not see the light of day as colorful as they can be sometimes within you know reason and to be aired on television uh, i think they're really cool i like the way that you know like nfl films would um be able to hone in and get mics on players on the sideline and i think that you know, uh, managers could could wear mics too because uh, we'd learn a lot more, I think, about internal strategy and some of their calculations going into you know in-game situations and um, in the moment. And and I don't think that it's bad for the game to to pull that curtain back a little bit more, unless people are just literally just screaming at them all the time. That's a different story. But I definitely am am, am for more content in that regard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. I like I like that answer and. In- yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, for sure. Um, and we need some more 30-for-30s, and this could be one right here, umpires.
1: Yeah. Well, I, well, especially with, you know, at the advent of um, an electronic strike zone, I think that listening to them kind of, you know, um, lament about, you know, the human element entering into the non-human element entering into games, and I'd be interested in miking up the players during spring training and minor league ball when it's being used just to see, like, what are they talking about when this thing is being incorporated? So now is actually a great time to, to get that window of, of context into what they're thinking about the way the game is changing.
0: Yeah. Jay, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate you being here. Thanks, uh, that's conti- This was fun. Yeah, you've continued to do some really awesome things on social media. I will continue to be a, an advocate for you and tell people, hey, you like gloves? I know a guy. So um, Thanks, buddy. Yeah, just I mean, so that really work. means
1: a lot. means a lot to me, and I I work really hard to just promote um, a lot of kindness, kindness projects, and being good to other people and um, treating other people the way that they want to be treated. So uh, if you can do a little bit more of that, then that really makes me happy, man. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, that was Jay McAvoy. Uh, Go and follow him on Instagram. Do not miss out. At Pickle the Beast, 417 is where you can find him, and uh, you will not be disappointed. I can promise you that. Thanks for listening to the All Sports Best Podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast or Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and join the conversation. Till next time, this is the All Sports Best Podcast.